This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind Forget the race, find an open space, be that city Hey there, howdy. Thanks for hanging out with me right here on your other side of Texas, whatever part of Texas that is. Far North Texas, South Texas, West Texas, you guys listening in Oklahoma City, up in Omaha. Otherwise, appreciate you hanging out here. Jay West Texas Leeson broadcasting live from where Buddy Holly became famous. And as I always say, unknown smoke residue by waylon jennings on these walls as well we're we just rave on baby we rave on in an independent way we're not going to give you straight line republican and not straight line democrat we're going to give you just some uh, west texicanism here in the studio the racer car wash studios racer car wash voted lubbock's best wash for five years running stop into one of five lo- convenient locations across this hub city for the best wash around guaranteed you'll see me there in a couple of days was there this weekend i'll just throw you the peace sign in the vip line check out racerwash.com so uh, if you hadn't seen it it's up there on other side of texas on facebook it's up on ostx show on twitter the rager dykes alleged audio of well let's do this right let's get you yeah let's get you our rager dykes theme music as we get into this it no it's not the rager dykes come on man it's the rager gate it's rager gate the latest in the biggest controversy in west let's let that symphony hit it for a minute mm-hmm. the drama i'm gonna get into why we need to treat this as entertainment on some levels to keep our levity here but last night we broke audio this program did right we broke audio on our uh, social media platform and i want to play for you that audio and then i would like to discuss here before ross ramsey jumps on the program in i want to play for you some audio and uh Then I want to talk to you about developments over the course of the day. We're carrying this. Everybody else kind of shying away. But we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it fully. Again, your Rager Dykes update. This is a censored FCC approved version of the audio that we released last night. Sourced to us. uh, Sources saying that this occurred post-July 31 in the... uh, Ford Motor Credit lawsuit. Uh, let's hear from it now. Understand what I'm talking about? You change your f-ing mind or get the f- out of my dealership. 
I'm not changing my mind because my mind is right, mother. Show me your. Let's compare net worth. Let's compare houses. Let's compare planes. I got two of them. One jet, one twin prop. What do you got? I built a mansion right now on 19th Street. Where do you live? You know why I live there? You know why I have that? You know why I got my jet? I'm a bad mother. I don't play around. I work my ass off and I take it seriously every day. You know how I got rich? By making other people rich. So, you can listen to me or you can listen to somebody who don't have this Because nobody gave me any of this audio and i'm going to call it alleged one last time the alleged audio by bart rager speaking sources tell us in a sales meeting post after the ford motor credit lawsuit and um uh, the next day uh, there on wednesday a week ago the follow-up which was the Rager Dykes lawsuit. Now, a couple of things. Number one, and I want to state this emphatically and have it on record right now. There are several other recordings that we're in possession of. But the point of this program is to take people who are mildly interested in politics, particularly state politics, and shoot them straight. It's not for glamorized ratings. It's not to be spectacular. That's not what I'm here to do. I've said before, I think at the at the lowest point, uh, well, the lowest degree, I don't, this is a much more um, constructive way to engage in state politics and to gather an audience of people like you, uh, like-minded people by and large, than to rant on Facebook. And so that's why I bring you this radio program, currently rated number 18 in the nation on Apple uh, Podcasts. So we hit those middles, we, we get into the weeds, we get into the nuance, and I appreciate the listeners of the show who uh, uh, followed this with enthusiasm. But that to say, my aim has never been let's go get big ratings it's been to help the public discourse so with that caveat i want to say to you even though we are in possession of several recordings like what you just heard only they are not censored you can hear the uncensored version again on our other side of texas facebook page and on twitter uh ostx show at ostx show I 
do not intend to run any further audio for two reasons one is this audio tells the story that needs to be told I believe from allegedly well I just said that was the last time I was going to use it just wait till my next paragraph here it tells a story about the culture in the company that's being sued for up to 116 over a little over 116 million by Ford Motor Credit and that's just the first in line other other groups and creditors will come forward but anything further I think is gratuitous and I think is just piling on uh, if indeed that is Bart Rager and I believe it is he's done himself in who walks around slinging what he's slinging talking about his planes talking about his mansion and hanging it over his when was the last time your boss came in now some of you like one in two and ten of you will say well my boss says that every day i would just advise you to get another job but by and large that does not happen and i think the audio speaks for itself so far as the culture is concerned now this is what i will say that since we posted that audio at about 9:55 last night uh since we broke this story individuals within rager dykes auto group tell us that bart rager has not been in attendance at a sales meeting since the ford motor credit lawsuit was filed and that would have been last tuesday night july 31 and they also deny the audio has any connection with the lawsuit or the bankruptcy filing that against sources to this program and this platform other side of texas however comma an exact date of when the audio occurred has not been provided so in that is the implication that it did indeed happen when did it happen and and that's the question i've got out now i don't want to go too far into detail on that but that's where it stands now so far as employees that were involved uh, who were there lots of that is breaking and will be broken on this program but for now that's where we head off there with rager gate and um there's a lot more to say we're going to get in with ross ramsey and then we'll uh, continue on with a little bit more of the biggest story in west texas and that is rager gate stick right where you are right here on the other side of texas ross ramsey be with us shortly and uh, we'll get into what happens with straight ticket voting after this year and uh, why were texas officials in russia that's my big question to ross ramsey what in the world is going on ross ramsey johnny up can't right here drink johnny ain't 21 yeah but he's 18 and he's pretty handy with a gun He's with us each week. He is my political counselor. I'm going to lay down 
on his couch now because I need some help. He is Ross Ramsey with the Texas Tribune, a founder, a founder with the Texas Tribune. I think we lost it. We found it. Yeah. No, you didn't ever lose it, man. <laughs> you were well ahead of it. You're well ahead. Hey, uh, let me. So usually I save my curveball for later. There's an editorial today in an editorial cartoon. I'm going to get into this later in the program. In the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, in which it was like, well, we need to read about fake news before we go to, whenever we wake up in the morning, whenever we go to bed. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, really? You're going to throw your reporters under the bus? Uh, so, that to say, Ross Ramsey, let me just start with a curveball. What do you make whenever you say fake news, Ross Ramsey? You've been in this game for four decades. Um, for essentially, what I've learned fake news means is it's something contrary to what pre existing beliefs are. Uh, what do you make of fake news today whenever you hear that term? I just think it's a way to characterize the news about politics that you disagree with. And, you know, it's not really new. It's, you know, the political world in particular is, and, and to some extent cultural reporting is about, you know, what you believe as opposed to what you know, and you've got to be able to discern the difference. And one of the things that, you know, we've talked about this before on this show, one of the things that's really changed in my lifetime is who edits what you read, who decides, you know, this is fact and this is fiction, this mm -hmm. belongs in the paper and this doesn't. Yeah. And we've moved from, and I think this is a good thing, we've moved from a bunch of professional editors deciding what's going to be in your paper to you deciding what's going to be in your paper, so to speak, and we... But how, Ross? Uh, we're still in the process of training people and training ourselves to be as skeptical about things that we hear as all those journalists were supposed to be trained to do. So, But, uh, but how, how are the people... And I'm speaking to the executive editor of the Texas Tribune, texastribune.org. Right. How do the people decide what's going to be in the news? We used to pick through all of the stuff that came across the transom, whether it was on the wires, stuff we heard, whatever it was, and say, this is news, this is not news. And we decided from that whole range of stuff what went in the paper. And now everybody has all the raw material. It's like if we had a cafeteria and we fired all the dietitians or put them on the side and let everybody decide what they were going to eat. And most people are learning to take care of themselves. Some people without a dietitian in the way are spending their time eating Twinkies. And, and information works the same way. And some people are getting a pretty balanced information diet, news diet. I don't like this, but I read it. I do like that, and I'll read it. But a lot of people are just reading what they want to read, and everything else is just, you know, they just consider it bull. So now, now we're completely off script, Ross. But I want to ask you, I've heard people who say this. Leading up into, like, the turn of the 18th century into the 19th that news was essentially like Horace Greeley you were it was or at the Kansas City Star or otherwise that you ran essentially propaganda from your own political view and then in the mid 20th things turned around and people decided in order to get advertising you needed to be fair and so that became the litmus of, well, maybe you can't be fair, but you can try to be objective or vice versa. 
So tell me, executive editor of the Text Tribune, like I think it's fair to say the lead news agency in Texas, what then, where are we now? Do people just take the old line, like Horace Greeley partisan line, or do you still try to be fair? It depends on where you're going. I mean, our sweet spot, you know, and when, you know, you don't hit it 100% of the time, but we try to hit a spot where you go to an argument or something that's going on. And you say, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, just tell me what's really going on. And we want to be right there and tell you what's really going on. We also have some commentary that's sort of what I do. We have a place where people can do opinion pieces. It's on a separate site over to the side. But we really want to be the place where, no matter what your politics are, you can come here and sort of see what the fight is, what it's about, what people are talking about, what's on the table and what's not, and, and get some kind of fair, get a sense of your bearings in a in a civic or policy dispute. Yeah. The thing it, to there, the, there's other places where you go and, you know, they're designed to be for this audience or for that audience and to be a little bit more polemical and a little more political, and, you know, that's fine, but as long as you just got to realize what you're reading and, and, you know, where it fits on the spectrum. Yeah. And by and large, I hear a lot of people on the right say, well, you know, kind of roll the rise at Texas Tribune, and but you also get it from the left, so that must make you feel like you're hitting a sweet spot that people are like from the right and the left, like, uh, but 80% of Texans, I would say, are not in either camp, and I think that probably makes up your readerships there at Texas Tribune. Do you think that's the case? I'm really trying to get to a place, you know, where you look at it and you say, this is a pretty good representation of what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty good representation of what's happening in that particular argument. This is what's going on in that particular political race, and now I can make my decisions about what to do. No one story does that. I mean, you've got to follow stories over a period of time and say, you know, Here's the you know here's how this story has arked over the last yes. week or two weeks or two months. No, but, but you just Ross. try to get to a place where people can look at it and yeah. say, I feel like I know what's going on. So I'm interjecting there to say, I I really like you because you and I have one thing in common. People listen to this program. They're like, I can't tell if you're a Republican or if you're like a le- barely leaning Democrat. And I think that's, like, the question everybody has, I'm not going to ask you unless you want to admit it, is, do you, I know you don't vote in primaries, but are you Republican or Democrat? And I think that's what people walk away, you call them commentaries, but they're called analyses. They're at Texas Tribune, drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But people really don't know at the end of the day, how did Ross Ramsey walk out of that voting booth? But that's part that, of the mistake, that, right? And that's that, part that, of providing well, that's good fine information. With me. I mean, I'm not here to tell you how to vote. I'm here to sort of give you some perspective on, you know, here's what's happening in the news. Here's the context of it. And, you know, that's really what the analysis part of it is. Here's what I think the context is. I've been watching this for a long time. Here's where I think this drops. Make up your own mind, but think about it. And, you know, make your decisions when you go in the booth. And if you can't tell necessarily what my point of view is, that's fine because that's not really what you're. That's not really what I'm trying to get across, or that you're. That my readers are coming to me to read. They're looking to say, put this in con- some context. What's the history of this? Where do you think this is leading? What's going on here? Yeah. Okay. So now let's get back to script for just a moment, Ross Ramsey. <laughs> we, have, we have four minutes left. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was fantastic. I mean, it's really good. 
I mean, you are, and I've always, I've said this before, and I'm not kissing your rings or other things. That's my new tagline on the, on the program. But I came back to Texas in 2011 after being raised in West Texas. And whenever I really wanted to figure out what was going on, I would just, I think that was probably our first interaction was me sending you an email out of gratitude saying, I've got a stack of your pieces that I've read and they're highlighted and underlined and me wrestling with these different things trying to figure out what's going on and I think it's good for anybody who's interested in Texas politics to read Ross Ramsey and I will say for those listeners and I'm going to drop this again just as a slap on my own back this is the number 17 program in the United States for uh, for uh, for underneath apple for news and politics but if you want to know where this host began it was with ross ramsey and like well i don't know if ross is a democrat or a republican i don't know how he feels about it but this is his line and so i would just print out your stuff i would underline it highlight it make notes ask questions and you would by the way i would send you an email some random guy up on the cap rock and you'd respond and answer my questions so uh, those well, kudos. that's an awfully nice thing to say. I really do appreciate well, it. Those kudos to, and that's why we have you. That's why I make it a point every week to say Ross Ramsey's on this program because you are what you are. So let's move forward into what's on the script next. So after this election cycle is going to be the first time that people can't just vote straight line Republican or straight line Democrat. What are some implications there? And I know, like, from my own point of view, people ask me all the time, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? Who are you voting for whenever they go in the polls? And honestly, I'm admitting this. On these judicial races, I have no idea. I don't know who these people are. Like, 50% of the time, you know, it's like, what's their name oh, yeah, I like that name I don't like that name and that's that's terrible to concede on the radio but who are these people and people, there was a people there was a race that. when I was a reporter in Dallas years and years ago and this was when Reagan was president and there was a race where Dallas County which had been you know like a lot of places in Texas had been pretty pretty standard democratic country started to turn Republican and there was a year when it really flipped and the straight ticket Republicans voted out all of the Democratic judges except for one. And the guy, and the magic behind that guy was that he had the same name as the most popular disc jockey in, in Dallas, Texas at the time. His name was Ron Chapman. But that's the strength of straight-ticket voting. Is all these people who'd been voting for these judges for all those years decided that year, you know, for, for other reasons, that they were going to be Republican voters, and they just pulled the lever and voted out a bunch of judges they'd been supporting for, you know, in some cases, decades. Hmm. That's the power of a straight party. Yeah, so what I know that you've, again, for listeners, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on texttribune.org, Ross Ramsey drops a piece. And uh, But what voters need to hear, you know, 9% of people listening who actually vote, and I, I think it's higher with this program, but this, correct me if I'm wrong, but after November... We will no longer have straight ticket voting in Texas, right, Ross? 
the first election when we don't have it is going to be 2020. So, you know, if there's an election somewhere in the middle between 18 and 20, yeah. uh, where there's parties, um, you'll have straight ticket there. But the first election where we don't is in 2020. Okay, so... Unless, right. So... This last big you, one. You aren't able to go in and, like, get your sticker and take a selfie on Facebook any longer. Like, I voted... But I voted straight ticket. I didn't take time to go through every race and decide what I thought in every race. Um, we know that, and I want to get in with you on judicial nominees and candidates, but who else may suffer there? Uh, what's the fallout there? It's, you know, anybody, oh, anybody down ballot. Let me, let me interject. It yeah. seems like in a big Republican state like Texas, why would you do that? Because people are like, well, I'm a Republican, I'm a Texan, synonymous. Those two things mean the same thing. Why would state lawmakers, this is my beginning question, why would state lawmakers say, okay, well, we're going to do a state, we're going to do away with straight party. What What's their thinking politically there? You know, two of the guys who sponsored legislation to get rid of state straight ticket voting in the past who fell short were Dan Patrick and Joe Strauss. Um and and they had in common what the guys had in common this time. This time it was Ron Simmons and uh, the House and Kelly Hancock in the Senate from the Dallas area, both Dallas Fort Worth area, both of them. And what they were looking at was in some of the metro counties, the Dallas counties, Harris counties, um, Travis, Bear. Um, a lot of those counties, the Democrats were starting to win the courthouses and the commissioner's courts and all of these things because they were their straight ticket voters outnumbered the Republicans still a red state the republicans are still winning statewide elections but in those kinds of places people were getting knocked off by virtue of the fact that they were republicans in a republican state but in a democratic county and so a lot of republicans who used to be um for straight ticket voting when it helped them became against and and they're the majority party now and they finally got it knocked down the democrats were against it this time the democrats used to be for it it's really just a matter of the straight ticket benefits the party that's winning, and if you're winning, you want to keep it, and if you're losing, you want to get rid of it. The Republicans are a little on the fence, but in the urban counties, they're losing those elections. And their logic was, look, if you want to vote Republican, you can still go all the way down the ticket and check the box next to every person who's got an R by their name, or, or Democratic, or Libertarian, or whatever it is. You're still free to do that. You just can't do it in one punch at the top of the ticket. Hmm. So, Okay. So it's Republicans in urban districts, essentially, who want this to change. Is that well, they led the fight. I mean, you obviously got the legislature and the governor to go along with that. Yeah. So, Ross Ramsey, as we move along here, who on ballots, well, I've already said it, so let me not ruin the surprise. Judicial <laughs> candidates will suffer the most under straight ticket. Why? Well, you know, because they're way down the ballot, and most of us don't know who they are. You know, you're voting for judges, and, you know, you may know this judge or that one, but you don't necessarily know every judge who's on the ballot. You're just, and the next thing you do is you say, well, if I don't know who this one is or that one is, at least I know which party they're from. And I feel relatively sure a voter might say to vote with everybody in my party, about 64% of the voters in the state's 10 biggest counties voted a straight ticket last time. So it gives you an idea how strong this is. If it's a Republican year, that's great for all the Republican down-ballot candidates. If it's a Democratic year, the same for them. So if you get rid of this, the question is, A, 
how are people going to vote in those races when they don't know anybody? And B, what if they don't vote at all? And those races, you know, you may have 100 people vote at the top of the ticket because they know who's running for president or governor. But by the time you get down to the bottom of the ticket, only 10 are voting. That makes six people really powerful. And when you get into small number elections, you often get weird results. Everybody in the state has a version of an election where I don't know how Mickey Mouse got off the ballot, but he got off the ballot, and here's what happened. And you, you increase the chances of that. Um, most states have gotten rid of straight ticket voting over the years. Texas is a little bit of a holdout there. Um, it's going to be a big change. A lot of the regular party people from the Democratic and the Republican Party are really upset about it. But it's going to take away the strength of a ticket, and it's going to weaken the coattails of strong candidates at the top of a ticket. Hmm. Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, as we carry on here. So I'm trying to decide which topic I want to go to first. What makes for a wonderful or terrible candidate in Texas right now? You know, this is a, this was a thing I wrote about. Um, sort of comes out of the Senate race. Beto O'Rourke is running against Ted Cruz. Everybody knows who Ted Cruz is. For better or for worse, they like him or they don't like him but they know who he is. And Beto O'Rourke is one of those candidates who's come along and made a lot of noise and has gotten some attention and doing well in the polls. But if you look at those polls carefully, you find that a quarter to a third of voters still don't have an impression of this new guy who's never run statewide. So now you've got this race set up between the Beto O'Rourke people and the Ted Cruz people to describe, to make a first impression of Beto O'Rourke. One, one group's trying to make a positive impression, wonderful candidate. One's trying to make a lousy impression, terrible candidate, and that's where that comes from. Cruz is now on the air in three places around the state, smaller markets, um, where he's testing three negative ads about Beto O'Rourke, hmm. hoping to catch some of those you know, undecided voters or uh, voters without an impression okay, so to make that, a, a bad first impression on Beto that, O'Rourke's behalf. Well, I'm interjecting there because that makes sense because some of those markets are up here on the Caprock, and right. you say he's testing, so he wants to figure out before he goes into larger markets what right before you go statewide and spend a lot of money you want to make sure the ads working do we attack him on this do we attack him on that or do we attack him on the other so you put it into you know i'm going to try this one over here like little you know he's got test tubes around Mm. the state he's going to try this one in lubbock he's going to try that one in beaumont Mm. going to try this one over here in tyler whichever one works best you'll see in dallas and houston okay well so that makes sense because the initial knee jerk and myself guilty here was he feels like he's in trouble in this part where we're broadcasting from at am 580 in lubbock that he feels like he's in trouble but really what you just described is we're just test tubing this thing man we're we're trying to figure out if it's going to play well or not in larger markets right oh and what they're trying to do is get ahead of beto o'rourke in the impressions game you know first impressions count for a lot Cruz wants your first impression of his opponent to be negative. O'Rourke wants his first impression, your first impression of him, to be positive. And right now, that's the race is on for that. We'll fight about you know which one you're going to vote for after you know who they are. Yeah. So Ross Ramsey, here's. So is this is Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz? Is that still? for you the marquee race or have you shifted over to call your Patrick no I think the marquee is probably the top race um, 
ordinarily in a year like this, the governor's race would be a top race. You remember the the Abbott Davis race four years ago, but this year I think the one that's clearly getting attention, clearly getting money, it's the talker. When you watch, you know, political people, both reporters, consultants, politicians themselves, outside of Texas talking about Texas, this is the race they're talking about. I don't think there's any question this is the marquee race. Okay. So, okay, let's move on to what I really want to talk to you about. So I see your man, Patrick Svitek, there at uh, Texas Tribune, posting pictures of Texas legislature officials, senators. Uh, well, there's House Member 2 involved in the photo, but a senator as well. What are Texas politicians doing in in Russia right now? Like, why are they there? You got two uh, main ones, the, the Huffines twins from Dallas. One of them is a state senator from Dallas. The other one just lost a state Senate race to Angela Paxton, the wife of the attorney general, Who's, um, who was running for a special election up there. And they're old friends of Rand Paul, the U.S. Senator, um, son of Ron Paul, who was a congressman from Texas. And Rand Paul was going over to give Putin and company a talking to about messing around in Texas elections, or, I'm sorry, in U.S. elections, and took the Huffines twins along with him. So the next thing you know, you see a Texas senator popping up as a uh, one of the latest characters in the Russian election stories. But why do they say that they're there, Ross? They say basically the same thing that Rand Paul was saying. They're there to give them a talking to, to let them know that the U.S. doesn't appreciate this, that they ought to stay out of U.S. elections, and so on. Now, there's another benefit to this, potentially, you know, which is kind of what I was writing about. Don Huffines, the state senator, is in a very tough re-elect race, and... Um, for a couple of reasons. Dallas County is um, increasingly a blue county. There are a bunch of races up there um, that could have an influence on his own election, and he'd like to get some public attention here. Doesn't help to go to, doesn't hurt to go to Russia and get a bunch of headlines. So, what do you, how do you think it plays, though, with Republican voters? Is every Don, Don Huffines voter a Trump supporter? I think that's probably a relatively safe bet. I mean, it's not a certain bet, but it's a relatively safe one. I mean, we've talked about our own polling and in other polls, um, Republicans, Republican voters in Texas are very strongly behind the president. When you ask what kind of job do you think President Trump's doing, 85% or 80% or 85% say we think he's doing a good job. It's exactly the opposite on the other side. I don't even have to ask who you're going to vote for. I can just say you are you a Republican or a Democrat. And, you know, people are so polarized right now that that tells you as much about them as if you went down the list and asked them about their vote. Hmm. So I think, you know, Don Huffines, you know, siding with the president and siding, you know, jumping into a national conversation that's already getting a lot of attention, you know, all of that, all of that sort of works. Um, hmm. Now, does he get him enough votes to win his re-election bid in a Dallas county that's pretty competitive? I don't know. Um, it might help. It's you know certainly the season for politicians looking for attention, and you know that's what he's doing. Uh, Ross, you have a couple more. Uh, we carried you longer than we typically do, but do you have a couple more minutes for me to throw sure. you another cur- curveball? Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I don't care. <laughs> Ross <laughs> Ramsey says. So this is just me, 39 years old, and. 
you know, I don't mean this to be derogatory. You've been doing this longer than I've been alive, okay? So I want to ask Boy, you. Boy, that this. just cut right to the bone, didn't well, it? Well, I mean, I didn't mean to. I mean, I've already, <laughs> I've already kissed your rings and other things as I said earlier. But so whenever we talk about republicanism and we talk about concern, like I see Bill Crystal, like the father of Sarah Palin in Iraq and other things, um, him blasting Donald Trump and then Mike Wilson. A well-known Republican strategist nationally blasting Donald Trump. But whenever you talk about Republican numbers in Texas, Donald Trump is not your father's Republican and is not a conservative within what I grew up in, at least, with Bill Kristol and uh, with a whole litany of, of traditional conservative thinkers and writers. Why do you think that Texas is so acquiesced to just now admittedly i vote for trump in the primary i voted for him in the general i've said that over and over again but to see republicans in texas just line up behind trump i what do you think so how do i want to formulate this question what does well, look, it I, mean i, to I, be think, I, can, I think i can answer it just on the, on the half question you know if you ask a republican voter are you more likely to vote for the Republican candidate who may not be exactly your cup of tea or for the Democrat? I think the answer from the last election was that they'll vote for the Republican. You know, if, even if Trump's not your particular, you know, he's not the, the flavor of Republican you prefer, he's still preferable for a lot of Republicans to anybody the Democrats have put up. Hmm. And in fact, you know, you can ask candidates, you can ask candidates, you can ask voters in both parties, you know, what do you think of so-and-so if you knew so-and-so was from the opposite party and those numbers i was telling you a minute ago those 80 percent are going to say well just because he or she is from the other party i'm against them hmm. so one way to motivate a party is to say i'm you know that's not one of us or to say you know um are you you may or may not like donald trump but do you like that better and they come right back to donald trump i think there's a lot of that going on i think that's how this that's how elections go in a really polarized environment. So it may not be that Donald Trump is your favorite, is the one you would have picked when there were 15 Republicans on stage two years ago, but he's the one you've got now. And, you know, for a lot of Republicans, um, it's easier to vote with Donald Trump, even though you're not altogether with him, than it is to switch sides and vote for a Democrat. And I think the Democrats are in, you know, something of the same position. Yeah, yeah. And that's why whenever Beto was on, Beto O'Rourke was on this program, I asked him, point blank, you cannot win with white liberals who hate Donald Trump. You're going to have to have Trump supporters. And it seems like Beto, more than other people, even though I think Beto has gotten more ideological as the race has gone on, to his de detriment, and I've, and I've said that to him, um, but he's going to have to have Trump supporters on his side who cross over and vote in that election um well i think i think what's going on in a lot of these elections and and watch me on this over the next 90 days you know right now in this election it doesn't look like there are there's not a lot of conversation about swing voters in this election there's a lot of conversation about can i get my party's base out to vote better than you can get your party's base out to vote and, mm -hmm. and you can see this in what ted cruz was saying last weekend i know you paid attention to this but he was traveling the state telling his voters, look, our biggest, um, 
our biggest opponent is complacency. If Republicans are not awake and Democrats are awake, that's going to be a bad day for the Republicans. It's because it's not a swing vote election. It's can you get your voters off the couch faster than the other guy can get his voters off the couch. This is clearly what Beto O'Rourke is trying to do to Ted Cruz. It's clearly what Ted Cruz is trying to do to Beto O'Rourke. And in a straight ticket election, which we're going to have to loop back to the top, it's important to the candidates down ballot that the candidates at the top of the ballot are fighting to get voters to show up at the polls. Because independents right now look at this very polarized environment and are as likely to stay at home as not in some cases, just Mm -hmm. to say, you know, to heck with both houses. So I think this is really a fight not just for base voters, but to get base voters off the couch. And I think that's true for both of the parties. Listeners, this man has been doing this for four decades, and we have him on the program for a reason. I've taken you along today, a rare, exclusive, lengthy interview <laughs> with Ross Ramsey. I appreciate you indulging us here, Ross. And uh, oh, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, at Ross Ramsey on Twitter, uh, every Monday and Wednesday, Friday, there at Texas Tribune. Ross Ramsey, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Ross. Talk to you soon. Uh, we're going to get into a break here and uh, get back in. A few more follow-up thoughts. And back to the original point. What was the Lubbock Avalanche Journal doing today with that editorial cartoon? I'm going to talk about that. Stick with us right here on the other side. I can sing, I can dance, I can play the harmonica too. We just rave on, man. Like... Republican Party of your given county, like, whatever. These Democrats on their party platforms in your county, whatever. Let's sing through these things independently. Rave on, baby. Right here on your other side, this segment of the program brought to you by Title I. Texters texting in asking me to happy hour. Uh, Mrs. Leeson's gone. And I can't do it tonight. I appreciate that. Thank you, Marge. And Marge, like, are there going to be other people? Like, what does that mean? Uh, Am I being asked out? No, I'm happily married. I hadn't taken this ring. I don't even think I could get this ring off of my fat finger at this point. Okay. So, um, sorry about that. Uh, this segment brought to you by Title One Lubbock's Digital Real Estate and Marge Title Escrow Company. Title One is commit. I appreciate that, Marge. Committed to providing you with. Is your name? Hold on, hold on. Title One. Is your name really Marge? Text back in. Let me know. Is that like? Because the names show like lots of times, and I hear this from people. Like you said that Jeff or John, like the first name shows up. We use uh, zipwhip.com on this program. It's just the first name that shows up. So maybe one of my buddies is stalking me right now, trying to uh, catch me in a, a a moment of weakness, which there is no... Have you seen my wife? She defies the crazy hot matrix. Like she's the outlier. In that whole thing. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. A couple of things to get into. 
first I'm going to go with this station. Uh, no, first I'm going to go with this cartoon, and then I'm going to come after the station manager for some text that he just sent me. I hope you are still listening, Wade Wilkes, because I'm going to get you here uh, coming up after the next break. Um, I don't know. Look, I am a have been before the sale a regular columnist with love kj i've gotten busy i've gotten busy with this endeavor with you appreciate you listening here on this program more involved with what i've got going on with other side of texas uh other side of texas.com by the way and i so i've kind of taken a step back from my column writing, because there's only so much time that I have in a week. I'm not Ross Ramsey. I can't sit down like a robot and uh, produce a column in two hours like Ross can. It takes me a little bit longer, and so I have to be a steward of my time. And I've found that this, being with you, is a great use of my time. So that transparency forward, I'm not afraid... I'm really not, and people are going to learn this more and more. I'm not afraid to. I don't. He. I just want to talk about the truth with you guys. I want to be a West Texican, whether you're in North Texas or South Texas or West Texas, wherever you are, Rolling Plains, Hill Country. I just want to talk to you, the Third Coast. I want to talk to you about the issues that matter in rural and mid-sized markets and. That's what we are aimed to do. That's like what's in my top things to do um, on this program. Now, I have, and I love the Avalanche Journal. I love the people who work at the Avalanche Journal. And I'm a subscriber. And I'm an advocate for local journalism. But I've got to tell you this. The editorial cartoons that this publication has taken up over the past few months are absolutely baffling to me. Now, let me talk to you about my credentials on this matter. If you look up Golden Star, uh, Golden Circle, I think it's Golden Circle, Columbia School of Journalism, in, I know I sound like Uncle Rico, so just bear with me for just a moment, but back in the early 2000s, I believe that I won the awards for first, second, third, and honorable mention in sports cartoons from the Columbia School. Not like the gold standard for journalism, the Columbia School of Journalism and its golden circles with, at that time we called it the University Daily at Texas Tech. And I'm no scrub, uh, no scrub to drawing cartoons. It's just a matter of, I got four kids, and I've got a business, and I've got these things to do. I don't, and then leasing communications LLC and other side of text. I don't have time to sit down and draw cartoons anymore. Now on the weekends, I'll sit down and we'll draw comic. Me and my boys and my daughter on occasion because she's ten and she thinks that she's like eighteen, and that's why my hair is going gray. But I don't have time to just sit down and draw cartoons all the time. But I can tell you this, as I don't, I don't think it's overstretching for me to say that I am an accomplished cartoonist. And I can tell you this, that 
when you draw a cartoon, somebody with an 8th grade understanding of the world in general should be able to deduce from your cartoon what you're talking about. And the Avalanche Journal has taken upon itself, not the Avalanche Journal, but the Amarillo Globe News, Lubbock Avalanche Journal combined, have taken upon itself to run a couple of cartoons of late that absolutely baffle me. And one was a white cop shooting what appeared to be an African-American student, uh, student child from behind. And the caption was, Meanwhile, uh, away from the border, families are still being separated from their children. Now go back and you listen to what I said yesterday about the national anthem, about this bogus stuff that's popping up in, in, the, in the NFL uh, and then go trace those stats and do the numbers and you find that no it's not cop on black violence that's wrong in this country it's black on black go look at statistics of Chicago this last weekend or any weekend <sighs> but the Avalanche Journal leads with that like you're going to publish that cartoon and then today there's a cartoon in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And listen, guys, I love you. I'm glad to write for you on occasion. But I'm not going to, again, I'm going to use this phrase for like the fourth time in two days. I'm not going to kiss your rings and other things. Get this. The Lubbock Avalanche Journal today, like I really respect Sarah Self Warbrick, who's been on this program, and Matt Dotre, and Adam Young, and... A lot of stallions, and I don't care where you're listening from, you've got good people who are committed to doing it. Kind of like in any service industry, their compensation isn't necessarily the check. It's the job that they're doing, okay? I see these texts. Let me get into them here in just a moment. Now, let me finish the point first. I don't care where you're listening from. There are people who are committed to trying to provide you with a fair point of view on what's going on around them now back to the point of being a cartoonist let me say this if you can't walk away from my cartoon or anybody else's cartoon and understand what the cartoon means within five seconds then you shouldn't be a cartoonist period end of story they sh it's a drawing. It's a cartoon. It's, it's a comic. People should understand what you're saying. But here's the problem with the Avalanche Journal. Emerald, I don't know if it ran. I hadn't bought an Emerald Globe News today. But they're owned by the same company. And it's a woman sitting on her couch. Holding the remote control towards a television. And her husband walking up. Hands in pockets. And this is what he says. Oh, rats, I hate missing the beginning of the nightly dispatch from the, quote, enemy of the people, end quote. So there's a journalist on the television who's trying to bring the news in a publication where people have worked multiple hours. Like Sarah Self Warbrick, you need to have, if you live in Lubbock, you need to hit just notification anytime she tweets it needs to pop on on your phone like a text as she's covering this Rager gate situation 
and she's covering it like uh, nobody else is right now with Rager Kate. You just need to follow her and... Okay, you will not distract me from my point right now, Mr. Producer. Don't do it. Turn it down, please. Let me continue my point. You're going to completely distract me with Rager Kate. But, so within written print columns upon columns and space upon space where these people are providing content from their best ability to write from a fair perspective in west texas from lubbock where there are more aborigines than there are real liberals trying to write from a fair perspective and you're going to run this cartoon to essentially now there may be some nuance i'm missing in Look, uh, I'm, I'll take an intelligence test against... I know nobody from Abernathy's ever said this. Uh, maybe I'm the first one. And there are certainly smarter people from Abernathy who didn't have the hubris to say what I'm about to say. But I'll take your IQ test compared to anybody from Hill County. But this cartoon, to say... To essentially call journalism the enemy of the people... What are you doing? Like, who? Like, maybe the guy who signs off, and I have a good idea who it is, but maybe you need to drink your coffee before you sign off on the syndicated cartoons because you can't get anything locally. And you're just going to sign off. It's just a big mess. And it, it reads poorly upon good people who are doing good work on local television and in local media and just calls them essentially the enemy of the people maybe i'm missing the nuance but if i am the cartoonist has not done his job and therefore find another syndicated cartoonist and like if this burns a bridge with the aj then they can stick it in their ear because i think it's perfectly fair game i've stuck up for the aj over and over again on this program but this cartoon is beyond the bell beyond the bounds and beyond the pale and I think most, and I would guess, 92% of readers are going to read that cartoon and say, that means the enemy of the people. Now, if there's a better explainer, then write an editorial like you did before explaining the cartoon. Or better yet, find a better way to get your cartoons. Because this is bogus. And I know that people listen to this across the country, and I appreciate, you know, like I've seen doc, like you guys and kansas city and oklahoma city and i'm focusing local but this goes for your papers as well like what are you doing right now because local journalism matters and i really take issue and i'm you how do i want to say this i i, I won't ever be accused of saying well you're kowtowing i don't kowtow and uh, I appreciate being in the Avalanche Journal uh, on that. But if I ran below or beside that cartoon, I would be much as as engaged as I am on this topic. And AJ really needs to check who who is approving these cartoons because it's coming at the detriment of the Avalanche Journal. And that's what I got to say. And... Uh, you can take it or leave it. Hey, uh, gonna get into this last break. Uh, finish up with a little bit of Rager Gate. 
and uh, close out the program. Stick right with us here. AM 5 a.m. Um, we dropped some audio last night. We're going to put up an FCC approved version of that audio now, but uh, this is the censored version of what we dropped last night. Allegedly Bart Rager, but since I've been told uh, that and implies you will hear, I use the word allegedly, but I've been told by Rager Dykes, people within Rager Dykes Auto Group, that this audio did not occur after the lawsuit it was proceeding. So if you're on the phone like I am, you're thinking, okay, well, that's an admission that it happened. So when did it happen? And I seriously doubt that they want to address the topic on specificity as to when it happened because therefore it would admit that it did happen we ran it here because of sources who said that this ran after the ford motor credit lawsuit um, after filing bankruptcy but also it speaks to the culture of a company in this apparently i'm going to move from allegedly to apparently from bart rager speaking in a sales meeting again they did not provide me with a specified date in which this occurred so you know sources versus non-specification what do you make of it here's the audio now don't understand what i'm talking about you change your mind or get the out of my dealership I'm not changing my mind, because my mind is right, mother Show me your Let's compare net worth. Let's compare houses. Let's compare planes. I got two of them. One jet, one twin prop. What do you got? I built a mansion right now on 19th Street. Where do you live? You know why I live there? You know why I have that? You know why I got my jet? I'm a f***ing bad mother I don't play around. I work my ass off and I take it seriously every day. And you know how I got rich? By making other people rich. So, you can listen to me or you can listen to somebody who don't have this Because nobody gave me any of this You know how I got it? Being a badass salesperson. You know how I got rich? Winning car deals, winning car deals, being honest, being straightforward, having great integrity, doing everything, no lying, no cheating, no stealing, everything straight by the book. Everything straight by the book, because I don't need to cheat. I'm so good, I don't need to cheat, I don't need to lie, I don't need to hide anything, I do everything. I will tell you exactly what I'm doing. You know what, and I still, so that's the uh, audio there now we have updated uh, our our status and uh, on what's occurred there to to say exactly what uh, some of these folks are telling us inside Rager Dykes that this occurred after not before um, however pertinent it is you know the issue is the culture and like i said from the beginning of the program 
I've got three, four, maybe more. I have to go look through my emails because I've gotten a ton of them today. Have to go through and look how many more pieces of audio do we have. I'm not going to post any more of those. I want to say that again. As I said in the beginning, I'm not going to post any more. Um, I think that that audio, which I believe will, by the time on Wednesday, August 8th, um, about 10 p.m., estimated 60,000 people would have seen, will have seen this uh, on social media, Twitter and Facebook. And so I'm just going to leave it there. I think uh, otherwise, I'm not, let me say this plain, plainly, I'm not out to get anybody here. I'm out to tell a story. Whenever you file a lawsuit, it begins to have implications on others. Or, or, I'm sorry, whenever you file bankruptcy, it has implications on others. And the general public deserves to hear. And so we have brought that to you here. And I hope that you've, uh, you've appreciated it. And uh, if you haven't, then, you know, stick it in your ear. Uh, it is what it is. And it happened. When did it happen? We don't know. I seriously doubt that you're going to see Rager Dykes come out and say, we dispute that that was Bart Rager. You're not going to see that because they don't want to see this story go any further. And not just because they don't want to see it go any further, because they can't deny it. And I've got people I know who many of those comments were directed towards. And so those people, you know, probably gonna have something to say and so they're gonna deny it happened they're gonna they're gonna dispute and they have and i think it's fair and i've updated as such that it wasn't it happened before the suit now when did it happen and that's uh what we bring you here on this very program and i appreciate you tuning in to this program mrs leeson is away so i gotta get home gonna get home put together a daddy daycare dinner for the Leeson tribe and uh, enjoy those little kiddos as much as I can this evening as much as I can which means as much as they're willing to be enjoyed and I hope that you enjoy yours as well signing off this edition other side of Texas for Ross Ramsey and uh, a parent Bart Rager audio right here on your other side of texas thank you for tuning in and thank you again for sharing with friends that you hang out on the other side of texas we'll catch you right here about 24 hours from now right here on the other side of texas it's who we want to be